Hello, Lewis fans, and welcome to the Mirror C.S. Lewis podcast. My name is Thornton. And my name is Andrew, and we're two brothers who enjoy C.S. Lewis and want to take themselves and others on a journey through his writings. Well, Andrew, it is good to be back with you and looking at another C.S. Lewis work. And yeah, just uh, since we last uh, did Miracles, what, uh, what have you been up to? Just been watching uh, playoff baseball. Yep. Really enjoying that. Had a birthday, so feels weird to be 26. Mm. Late late 20s now. That's that's a weird feeling. <laughs> yes, late 20s, but it's still still in your 20s. You don't need to worry about getting older. I don't know. I feel like every time is a good time to panic, right? <laughs> I I just it, maybe maybe not. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, since we last uh, did Miracles, I've been, uh, yeah, just working on little house projects. Like, oh, there you uh, go. Yeah, like most white guys uh, working on my <laughs> home. And, but the one that I'm working on now that I'm really excited about is building a bookcase in our future study. Oh, okay. You know, study slash uh, work from home office. Sure. And, yeah, uh, been really fun. Uh, building or just like installing cabinets into the walls and building bookshelves and and once we finish it i will uh yeah i'll have my own uh little library which has been sort of a i guess i don't know about dream but just something um my wife and i have always been wanting to have in our own home our own little library i love that now what is the first book you're going to put on on the shelf oh c.s lewis of course of course of course of course of course. Yeah. I, and yeah, it's in our basement is all the boxes of books. So I just, I'm just looking forward to just getting them out and giving, giving them the fresh air that they deserve. Um, so yeah, cause they've, with all of our moves, they've been in boxes the last, I guess, year and a half. Um, sure. And so I'm just excited just to get them out and get them up. And, and then I yeah, did my work from home office out of the basement and, and I guess out of the cave and, and something with a little bit more natural light. Yeah. So, I love that. Yeah. But other than, other than that, everything's been, been pretty good. Didn't, uh, didn't ready for the kid. Uh, Come yeah, on. yeah, the wife just had the baby shower. So now we have a lot of stuff that we don't need plus a lot of stuff that we do need. So sifting through that and trying to get sure. the rest of the stuff ready for, for a uh, sweet baby Ray. Sweet baby Ray. Love everything about that. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, that that's exciting. Everything at the church is going well. Um, we're we're in this fun new season where we're transitioning in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, church is going really well. Before we move on, we have to talk a little bit about C.S. Lewis news. Oh, there is some 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 big happenings coming this week, aren't there? Yeah, is yeah, we're recording uh the week before the new CS Lewis movie comes out. But I know I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, my church uh and I are are going um uh, this this coming Wednesday to to watch it and as I was buying tickets uh for everyone, I was I was looking at the theater and they have two showings in my city and both of them like one the first showing is like the theater's like 90% full. Oh wow. And the second one is like seventy five percent full. So that's awesome. I know. So it's going to be a uh, a fun little event because a lot of times when I've gone to movies recently, even before the pandemic, there was a uh, sparse crowds. You might get I don't know a dozen or a little more than a dozen, but this will be um, certainly a lot more jam packed. And 
the the running time is a little short. It's like an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes. So don't, I guess, love that. But uh, I guess as long as it's good and it will, uh, it'll be fun to just um, see his, his life on, on the big screen. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That'll be, I, and he deserves it. I'm, I'm glad he's getting this. Yeah. And the, and we'll, listeners, we will try to have some sort of, uh, when it, I, I know there's only one night that it's playing right now and uh, Andrew and I cannot uh, get together to watch it, but we, I guess when it comes out in more, uh, a, in a more distributive manner or, or more accessible manner, we'll try and do some sort of watch party or just some sort of podcast uh, with a, a review of it. Yeah. That'll be a good time. Yeah. And I think this is, and it's uh leads in well because the, the movie is basically an adaptation of surprise by joy. Right. Which is the, the book we will cover in our next podcast and, and we're working on. And, and this weight of glory, one of the reasons we wanted to have this be our next essay we covered is because it uh, has a lot of the same themes as surprised by joy. And it's my favorite. And, and it is your favorite essay. And yeah, so looking forward to hearing your, your thoughts on why it's your favorite. Oh yeah. We will have time to, to discuss it for sure. Um, but this does feel like a good, good point to transition kind of into the background and context of, of this essay. Exactly. Yep. Go ahead and really us off. The weight of glory was first given as a sermon on June 8, 1941. Lewis had pu- published the problem of pain uh, the year prior and was in the middle of his famous BBC radio talks, which ended up becoming mere Christianity and the screw tape letters uh, following a, a year later. Also, as a, as a reminder, Great Britain had been at war for two years by, at this point. Yeah, and the sermon was, was given to a packed house at the 12th uh, century church, um, Solemn Eversong, in Oxford. Uh, and the invitation sprung from the vicar's reading of Lewis's Pilgrim's Regress. Yeah, so as we've been doing these podcasts, I've noticed that Lewis's Pilgrim's Regress really opened up a lot of doors for him. Mm. It, it was what, I guess, led to this essay. It also is what uh, led to someone asking, I forget the gentleman's name, but the, someone asking him to write The Problem of Pain. Um, and I think one of our other essays we've done, like the, the vicar or the person in charge had read Pilgrim's Redress and asked him to, to speak. Right. Uh, so I like, I, and also after reading Pilgrim's Redress, I like find that, I don't know about Lewis's most important work, but I, it is, it is my favorite now after sure doing this. So I, I think Pilgrim's Redress is a lot more important than people or C.S. Lewis people uh, give it credit for. Shortly after, the sermon was published in a magazine as a periodical. Yeah, the title, Weight of Glory, comes from 2 Corinthians 4.17, which says, quote, For this light momentary affliction is preparing us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, end quote. Lewis opens up this essay talking about the Bible's constant appeal to desire, how the New Testament incessantly teaches us about the promise and grandeur of the faith's reward and how Jesus seems to find people's desires not too strong, but rather too weak. 
Yeah, Lewis says that we shouldn't trouble ourselves with the unbeliever's criticism that the Christian life is a is a mercenary affair. That like um, those who are Christians basically just want like a, a heavenly insurance policy. Right. Um, um, that the the promised rewards and the credits, and we don't need to worry about credits saying that the promised rewards of heaven negate any Christian claim to piety. Uh, Lewis says there are different kinds of rewards. For one, there are, are rewards which are unconnected to the desire. Uh, for example, money for sex. Right. Um, but but it's not a mercenary affair for a lover to desire marriage or for a general to seek victory in battle because those are proper rewards for their aims. Um, they are the activity itself in consummation yep i think that's a great line by love it yeah yeah lewis says there is a also a third kind of reward which is a little more complicated it's the reward you get only with hindsight Mm. Uh, um, for example with learning a language or an instrument there isn't the same type of reward to look forward to like a, a wedding or a treaty signing um one has to endure drudgery at the behest of parents, threats of punishment, or striving for a good grade in the hope of a reward they can't exactly imagine or desire yet. Which I want to, I just put a pin in that because I, I do want to just discuss that uh, with you later, Andrew. Oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to a lot of these different points, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes on to say that, you know, enjoyment gradually creeps in and rarely, if ever, can someone point to the moment where the joy outweighs the work, when one desires the thing for its own sake. Lewis then says that all these examples are the same position we are in as Christians. He then gives his famous rendition of the argument from desire, quote, now, if we are made for heaven, the desire for our proper place will be already in us, but not yet attached to the true object, and will even appear as the rival of that object, end quote. Names like nostalgia, adolescence, or romanticism are what we sometimes call desire, he's, or call the desire that he says. And by calling it those names, we take revenge on it. And on the flip side, the books, music, or art where we think beauty resides will betray us if we think beauty is in them and not just the medium through which they come. Lewis says that others, for, exa- for example, the, the philosophies of progress, will try to co-opt this sense of exile by saying that earth is our true home and the good of man can be found here on earth, that earth can be made into heaven. He responds that no matter what progress humans develop or experience, they cannot reverse the second law of thermodynamics, which basically means everything will fall apart. Um, Basically, everyone will still die. And then Lewis turns to reflect on what knowledge of this desire actually does for us. A starving man might prove that the body survives off of food. But that knowledge won't save him. He says that our desires don't let us see the sustenance, but our scriptures give us a picture. And because scriptures has because scripture has authority, it gives our desires something to latch on to. 
Even though the images are symbolic, that doesn't diminish their reality. Heaven is outside of our experience, so all intelligible descriptions must be of things within our experience. And then he goes on to defend the symbolic nature of the Bible. From this defense of symbolism and imagery, uh, which is excellent, uh, but for the sake of time, we're, we're going to kind of gloss over that. Um, he moves on to talk about what the Bible says about glory. Yes. Lewis says that glory either means fame or brightness. Uh, both of these, he thought, were odd descriptions for the biblical writers to use. Uh, upon further reading and reflection, though, he saw that it is pure to want accolades from one's creator. The, the same way it's it's a pure thing for a, a young child to want approval uh, from their parent or or the way an animal or a pet wants praise from its owner. Yeah, yeah, and heaven is not an eternal pat on the back, though. He says that, um, you know, the divine face must turn upon us all with either one of these two expressions. He says for God to look upon us with any sort of approval is all through the work of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And those, uh, the, yeah, those two expressions are that Lewis was referred to as either one of approval or disapproval. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. And at this point, uh, Lewis writes or gives one of my favorite quotes. He says, quote, to please God, to be a real ingredient in the divine happiness, to be loved by God, not merely pitied, but delighted in as an artist delights in his work or a father in his son. It seems impossible, a weight or burden of glory, which our thoughts can hardly sustain. But so it is. End quote. Mm, that is good. Lewis uh, then takes an aside to mention how he had only relied on his own desire and ignored the hard part of scripture, that he would not have seen the fuller picture or learned something about his own desire he had not noticed. Yes. Yeah. Which I think that's a good point for us to remember is there, there's a lot of hard things in scripture and, and different people or people groups throughout time have had different issues with different parts of scripture. But I think, yeah, if you approach those with like, okay, what can I learn or what, what is God or the Lord trying to say to me through those? It will uh, reap you a profit. Yeah. And, oh yeah, yeah. the uh, The hard parts of scripture are usually the parts you need to look at, yeah. even if you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. The, the Lewis goes on and says the strangeness of the scripture comes up again when his reading shows that glory also means being known by God. This is weird to Lewis because how could one not already be known by a God who is omniscient? This lesson is repeated though in the New Testament and leads him to see that quote. As dark to the intellect as it is uh, unendurable to the feelings, we can be left utterly and absolutely outside. On the other hand, we can be called in, welcomed, received, acknowledged. And yeah. Lewis then turns to glory as brightness. He says it might seem odd for who wants to be a divine light bulb. But he says the poets and the mythologies express this desire well. They state that we not only want to see beauty, but pass into it, bathe in it, be united with it. Gods and goddesses of Greek mythology are projections of this melding of humanity and nature and beauty. 
quote, we may surmise, end quote, Lewis says, that both the ancient myths and the modern poetry, so false as history, may be very near the truth as prophecy, end quote. We will put on this glory, which, quote, nature is only the first sketch. Yeah. Lewis clarifies that he thinks nature is mortal and we are immortal. We will not be absorbed into nature. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't want to sneak into paganism. He's just using this as a metaphor that scripture uses. Yeah. The essay slash sermon concludes with the practical side of this theology. He says that one can think too much of their own glory, but never too much or too deeply about others. Quote, it is a serious thing to live in a, in a society of possible gods and goddesses, end quote. Yeah. In all degrees, we are either helping or hurting people and attaining this glory. This reality should drive all of our interactions with others and at all levels. You've never talked to a mere mortal. That's a good quote. Mm. Uh, this doesn't mean that everything is now solemn or sad or serious. Um, the best merriment comes when people take each other seriously. No flippancy, no superiority, no presumption, and no mere tolerance or indulgence which parodies love as flippancy parodies merriment. We are leading others to become like Christ, who is glory himself. Mm, I, th I think you just found your, your next uh, sermon, Andrew. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, because I'll tell you that this this line of thinking is pretty much what, you know, I'm pastoring youth through. Yeah. You know, like these youth are in a a season where they feel this, right? They they feel their longing for glory in regards to, um, you know, um, acclaim or, you know, praise, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, they feel that glory because they want to make their teachers happy. They want to make me happy. They want to make their parents happy mm -hmm. or, or pleased, maybe a better word. Um, but then they feel almost like a, a guilt and shame, like an Eden-like guilt and shame. Mm. Which is why, and this is my favorite quote of probably anything C.S. Lewis has ever said. Mm. You know, if God is happy with the work, the work can be happy with itself. Mm. And I just love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it brings a little bit of humility towards it. It brings a, like, I guess, a, a sense of rest. You're like, okay, I've I've done a good job, but there's nothing else to, I guess think about or, or like critique like obviously you can you want to reach for excellence but if god's happy mm -hmm. with it then then you've i guess you've made it if you will yeah and and, and see i was saying that from memory but c.s lewis actually uses the word satisfied you know mm -hmm. if god is satisfied with the work the work may be satisfied with itself mm -hmm. and not to say that there's not a level of sanctification that happens right like like a level of growth and mm -hmm. and stuff like that but just with the pure existence and being mm -hmm. you know we can we can be satisfied with what he has created us to be and arguably even more importantly what the person and work of jesus has recreated us to be mm -hmm. um and i think that you know we 
or at least I know I have, you know, I, I settle into this sort of Eden garden of Eden, guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that leads me to kind of spiral into, you know, defense mechanisms or coping strategies. And, um, so this, this is a huge, huge concept that I think if we could get my job would be easier. I'll tell you that. Hmm. Interesting. So you're saying that, uh, you, you don't, or you feel shame at, at, uh, not producing certain things or not, or not thinking that you've done a good enough job. And, uh, but this, this essay sort of helps you, I guess, I guess, get over that or just under or understand it in a, in a different way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's sort of, a a mixed bag of like, yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, you fail, you, you do the wrong thing. Some, and sometimes it's, you just feel wrong, mm-hmm. you know, it, like in who you are or like, you're just, you don't feel worthy or good enough or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever that is. Right. Um, and what, what I love about this is it doesn't just, this isn't self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not esteeming yourself, mm. right? Like you, this isn't self-esteem because of that. This is a, a divine esteem. You've been esteemed by the divine. And to me, that's so much more potent um, because now I, it's no longer anything that I've done. And so it's also not anything I could take away, mm-hmm. but rather it's because of what Jesus has done specifically because of the cross and the resurrection i i don't have to look at myself and and think i esteem myself but i can look at that and i have something tangible to point at that esteems me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and and it's it's eternal it's it's not something i can change Mm -hmm. so i'm not going to earn it but i also can't unearn it yeah that's just so important Mm. yeah Wow. So I imagine that's part of why you liked this essay. Was, was there anything else that uh, stood out to you? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. We just talked about it, but I, I'd like to dive in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, both the, the topic of desires. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start there. Um, you know, I think that this is another reason why intimacy with, with Christ is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, that we have desires both God-given and both sin-perverted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he Lewis talks about it really well about like, hey, there are times where the God-given desires aren't don't don't feel natural, but have to be fed. Mm. Um, and I would I would I like to ask you about this a little bit, Thornton, because mm-hmm. I think your your life may articulate this a little bit better than mine but with i mean you've done triathlons mm-hmm. it was there anything about the triathlon beforehand like like literally about actually running that you're like i like running or was it you started running and then you you began to like it yeah the i i, I dabbled with sports in high school but it was yeah when i joined uh, the military and i was like forced to do it that I, I guess when I finished my basic training that like, it was more of a like, Oh, this is fun. Um, so yeah, like, I guess it, 
that is my experience that I what had to be forced to do it for uh, a minute before I, I found the fun in it. And then even on the runs, um, even so, like some runs will start off like really bad, like just really not enjoyable, but then you'll get that runner's high. Right. Uh, and then it will, it will be fun. I think that that's a little bit more normal than, than we'd like to think, you know, it, I know that was your story with playing the piano. Oh, Absolutely. I, I wasted mom and dad's money a lot when I was taking lessons. <laughs> and then literally like six months after I stopped taking lessons, I'm mm-hmm. playing the piano every single day. I'm writing songs. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and part of it was, I will say part of it was when I started writing songs, piano had a purpose mm-hmm. rather than just this theory. Yeah. Heaven will meet earth one day. Right mm-hmm. there, Jesus promises this new heavens and this new earth. And that's the day we can wait for. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it's that hope, that longing, that one day work will be wholly fulfilling. Yeah. Um, and reap a hundred percent of its intended reward every time. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the uh, God making a new heaven and new earth, remember when Lewis in the essay was talking about how like the philosophy of progress like tries to uh, co-opt that sense of exile by by saying like you like humans can find heaven on earth or the the, the good we seek is here, mm-hmm. um, and I yeah I think I, I understand what Lewis is saying, but I'm also I was also wondering as I was reading that the Bible does say like on earth as it is in heaven. Um, so I, I was thinking like, I, I don't know if Lewis should be as wholeheartedly opposed to the quote philosophy of progress as he was sounding to me in the essay. The now again, when, when Jesus says that in, in his prayer, right on earth mm-hmm. as it is in heaven mm-hmm. to me, I take that as more of like a, a hope for the future um, or at its very, maybe at its very imme- most immediate would be like, we get a glimpse of that on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Um, but Jesus also says stuff to, or he also says there will always be poor. Um, there will always be poor among you. Um, and so, he, he also makes this claim that like, yeah, it, you're not going to get it until I, I come and make it that way. Um, and then I would also just challenge anyone who believes that, of that like we can a- attain it or achieve it on our own through human progress. Whenever we progress, we tend to just open up another can of worms. Yeah. And I don't know. And maybe that's where the rub is. Maybe like the philosophy of progress, uh, that Lewis is referring to is like, Oh, humans can bring it about through purely human means where Christians believe like, okay, we can bring good. We can bring heaven to earth and we can use human means, but it has to be divinely and I guess inspired or divinely blessed. Um, So I, I don't know. There might be a, there might be some overlap between Christianity and the quote philosophy of progress, but uh, 
I, I think the where each finds the source of that uh, is very different. Yeah, the source definitely matters. And I would also say that, like, we are currently meant to receive in part what we will one day receive in whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that that part to whole relationship matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can receive or we can watch and bring, you know, love and peace and patience and, you know, faithfulness and, and the whole fruit of the spirit. And we can bring it to the world today. And, and even if we had the capacity to do it perfectly, we would still only be doing it in part compared to what we will one day do in whole, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just, you know, even further, like even our relationship with, with the Lord himself, you know, the Holy spirit is tabernacling in our hearts. Right. But that is still only part of the, the full intention that God has for tabernacling in the world as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the, another takeaway for me from this essay is yeah was that very end part just like the practical piece of it which well i think it's very impressive that lewis was able to just use a very or to use a theologically uh saturated sermon or essay and then still bring it home to okay how as as people how that are going to be leaving this church who are going to go off to their normal lives like how do we use this right and i think him just sort of reframing uh, uh issues or um with the thought that like hey like you're you don't you never talk to a mere mortal yeah is really helpful and i think it also just sort of re- reminds people of of how christianity just yeah values individuals and yeah and where and where that comes from how we are all planned or designed for glory um, and I think that is just a very useful reminder for anyone as they go about their day. Yeah. And it just reinforces that, you know, image of God that each, each person has mm-hmm. and, and how that the natural outflow of that piece of theology should be dignity and respect. Yep. You know, no matter what label they may or may not have, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what, they by the nature of their image mm-hmm. they deserve dignity and respect and i think that that's powerful yeah you're you're right and yeah and it's sort of uh, or it has certainly made me think more deeply about how i can help others and help point them in a in a direction towards god and christ and um yeah and yeah just and how it, it matters like if if someone has an immortal soul then what you, the smallest thing that you do today will have an infinite impact. Yeah. Well, listener, uh, thank <laughs> you for joining us on this, on this very long leg of our journey. Yeah, we really enjoyed reading this book and, and having this discussion, and we hope that, that you enjoyed it as well. Uh, next episode, we will be going over Surprised by Joy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, especially after this this movie coming up. It'll be interesting to compare and contrast them. And, and I've been reading some other Christian memoirs to compare and contrast. So it will, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And if, you, if you're if you a, uh, a listener who has been reading along with us, 
this is the first time you you can cheat by just watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, Pilgrim's Regress, Problem of Pain, all yeah, all the other ones. Yeah, we haven't reached the the fiction ones yet, so yeah, I guess uh, yeah, they haven't had that opportunity yet. <laughs> but well, just that. Well, if you want to connect with us, we are on Twitter at Mir C S Lewis. And thanks, and we'll see you next time. See ya.